Welcome to The Heart Zone, a podcast ministry of Kernsville Christian Church, featuring the teaching ministry of George Cannon. For more information about Kernsville Christian Church, visit us on the web at www.kernsvillechristian.org. And now, for a message from The Heart Zone, here's George. All right, guys, what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to turn in your Bibles once again to the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 6. We're going to focus on verses 1 to 8. Okay, so we have basically been working our way through the concept of this coming storm, the reality of the end, because... The fact is, is you will have people that will tell you that we're in the end right now. I mean, I really, to be honest with you, over the last five years, I've had numerous people tell me we're living in the tribulation. And, and I try to say to them, no, no, we're not in the tribulation. We're not in the tribulation. They don't even think that we're in the tribulation. This is not the tribulation. This is just the beginning. This is just the birth pains, the, the pre birth contractions of what's going on. The final is this, that what we looked at is Daniel's 70th week. The final seven years, and that's still coming. So when does that start, George? Well, Daniel tells you when it starts. Very clearly, Daniel tells you, Daniel chapter 7, that the 70th week begins when the prince signs a covenant, a peace covenant with Israel. So, by the way, are we having peace right now in Israel? No. Have we had peace in Israel? (laughs) Not since they came back in 1948. So, folks, the tribulation begins with a peace treaty. Okay? So, we're not at that point. So, everything that we're going through right now, Jesus said, "This this is normal. Is it bothering us? Yes, it bothers us. So, what I'm going to do from this point on, because I remember I told you last week that it starts, chapter 4, chapter 5 of Revelation, where does it start? With the one who's on the throne. And the one who is worthy to take the scroll, the judgments, and execute them. And that's who? Jesus. So what we're going to look today is we're just going to look at eight verses about the first few judgments. And they're called the four horsemen. Okay, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. It's part of our culture. We understand that. I remember as a kid, uh, I used to watch wrestling when I was a young man, okay, before I grew up and had sense. Uh, I watched wrestling, okay. And I remember back then, because I was living in the South, so I didn't have the, the Vince McMahon type. I had the Southern stuff. And uh, so they had something called the four horsemen back then. And uh, it was a joke. Ric Flair was one of them, okay? And, uh, but why, why? Because it's a Christianized culture down south and everybody understood the four horsemen of the apocalypse and that was a joke or whatever. This isn't a joke what we're going to talk about today. So what do I want to hope that we accomplish through today, okay? I, I want us to do two things as we enter into this scripture today. I want us to, number one, recognize that it isn't happening right now. Could it happen? Yeah, it could happen. Soon, could. 
Somebody could emerge to uh, sign that treaty. But then that seven year starts. But what I want us to do is recognize it's not happening right now, but I also want us to recognize what's coming. And my hope is not that you develop a, yeah, bring it, God. No, no, we don't want that. I want it to break our hearts. What do you mean break my heart? This is the judgments on our world and on humanity. I'll tell you what I mean by break my heart. So, okay, I'll give you an, a, a, just so everybody understands. So sometimes, you know, I get together with family, and of course, now that I'm older, uh, some, some, some of my family um, have, you know, the, the nephews and nieces and stuff. They, they, they have kids, and, and sometimes when their kids are that young, kids get in trouble, right? Isn't that normal at a family function? Somebody does something, somebody gets in trouble. And uh, there's Uncle George watching, observing, and being quiet. But sometimes Uncle George observes the parent disciplining their child. Get, and and I, here's what I, I feel bad for the kid. Does he deserve it? Yeah. Yeah, he deserves it. But I still feel bad. My heart breaks that that's just part of childhood. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Where you get corrected. That's, that's what I want us to do when we, we look at these four horsemen. I want our hearts to break because you might think it's bad now. We don't even have any clue what it's going to be like. And it's going to be beyond anything we ever thought of. But my heart breaks for those who are here. We have to go through it. So let's look at these four, okay? So I want you to look with me. We'll start with verse 1 and go through verse 8. So we're going to start back where we left off last week with the Lamb who opens it. Now I watched when the Lamb opened one of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures say with a voice like thunder, Come! And I looked, and behold, a white horse. And its rider had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he came out conquering and to conquer. And when he opened the second seal, I heard a second living creature say, Come! And out came another horse, bright red. Its rider was permitted to take peace from the earth, so that people should slay one another. And he was given a great sword. When I opened a third seal, I heard a third living creature say, Come! And I looked, and behold, a black horse, and its rider had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard what seemed to be a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius, and three quarts of barley for a denarius. And do not harm the oil and wine. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard a voice of the fourth living creature say, Come! And I look, and behold, a pale horse. And its rider was death. And Hades followed him. And they were given authority over a fourth of the earth to kill with the sword, 
with famine, with pestilence, and by the wild beasts of the earth. Folks, as we look at this coming storm, we need to understand that it is something that's beyond us or even our comprehension. We see glimpses of it today, but remember what Jesus said. These are just the pre-birth contractions, and then the end will come. We're, we're looking at what the end is going to be like, and so I, I want to talk to you today about these four things. Because these four things are what's going to mark that seven-year period. This is not just something that happens at the beginning. This is something that occurs throughout the seven years. It's going to be a terrible time. And, and, and the concept of Scripture is, is that it, if it were any longer than seven years, nobody would survive. It's a terrible time. So let, let's talk about these. We're going to look at them. I'm going to give them four different categories, and, and, and they basically are going to basically give us an understanding of what's happening. So first of all, it's the rider on the white horse. That's the deliverer. I remember I was teaching this in Asia, and we had question and answer time, and, and one of the folks um, said to me, is that Jesus? Because in Revelation 19, Jesus comes back on a white horse. Is, is that Jesus, Jesus at the beginning? And the answer is no. Remember, who's the one who's executing the judgments? Jesus. So Jesus isn't, out of this judgment comes this rider on a white horse. It's not Jesus that comes out on the right horse. He just opened the judgments. It's someone else. And so here's what I want you to understand who it is. A false messiah will dominate the world. Antichrist. That's, that's really what antichrist means. Antichrist is false messiah. He'll dominate the world. The fact that he comes on a white horse in, in the ancient cultures, that was very much the symbol of victory. The king would ride in or the emperor would ride in on a white horse and, and he's coming conquering. He's, he's going to be the one that everyone looks to. And he's going to be the one that is pretty much dominant figure throughout this seven years. Now, it's interesting to me. I thought this was interesting as I was looking into this. I knew this, but it really didn't realize it. Do you, do you realize the word Antichrist is not used in the book of Revelation? You're not going to find the word Antichrist in the book of Revelation. But the word that is used for the Antichrist, you will find, is beast. That's interesting. He's the, the book in the judgments refers to him as the beast. That's who he is in his character. And we're going we're gonna to look at that more later. But what I want you to see is, is that this false messiah will dominate the world. Why will he dominate the world? And why, why, is, why is he such an imposing figure? Well, he will be the fulfillment of the world's desire for deliverance. Okay, so... Here's what I found, because I do travel, okay? Here, here's what I found. It doesn't matter what culture or nation you're in. People don't like the way things are going. Did, did you understand what I'm saying? 
I mean, people don't like, right in our own culture, people don't like the way things are going right now. Am I all right in saying that? Okay. When you go to other cultures, other nations, they don't like the way things are going. And, and, and it's evidence, especially if you're watching the news, by all of these different populist movements of leaders being selected by, by people because they think that this possible leader is the one who's going to deliver them from the problem. So, for instance, I don't know if you realize there was just an election in Argentina. They have super hyperinflation down there. And so they decided, we're done with the possibility of one party or the other. We're done with the, what we normally pick. They picked another guy with a chainsaw to be their leader. It was, a, it was a gag. He was doing it. But that's who they pick. Why? Because they want someone who's going to come in and deliver them from their misery. Folks, he's a false messiah to Israel because the number one thing the Jews are looking for right now in Israel is the Messiah. Most sought after thing on the internet there. But the world's looking for a Messiah. We're looking for somebody who will come and give us hope. So the first horse, the first thing is this false Messiah. Who's going to come and dominate that time period? Let's look at the second one. The second one is in verse 3 to 4. It's the red horse, the rider on the red horse. I used to refer to this as war. I, I've changed it now to where we're going to talk about extreme violence. Look at what it says in verse 3 and 4. He said, when I opened the second seal, I heard a second living creature say, come. And out came another horse, bright red. Its rider was permitted to take peace from the earth so that people should slay one another. And he had a great sword. Here's two things I want you to see out here. And this is this. The, the peace that the world longs for will not exist. Seriously, I mean... Again, if you, you recognize, you travel around the world, if you listen to everybody's looking for what? Not just peace in Jerusalem. They're looking for peace, period. Do, do, do you understand what I'm saying? They're looking for the absence of conflict. They're looking, not just the absence of nations fighting against each other. We're, we're talking about peace in the community, peace in homes. People just want what? Peace. But this rider is going to come on the red horse and he's going to remove even the possibility of peace. Ever. No peace. This is going to be a time where there is no peace. That's terrible. Because if you're like me, you'd like to be able to go somewhere and escape, right? Like, turn, turn the TV off. Shut the podcast off. Turn the radio off. Go to the hunting camp and just be alone, right? Go to the beach or wherever it is that you like to get away and, and find your peace because you just feel like, I just leave it alone. I, I don't want to have that. And, but I'm going to tell you something, folks. When you come to this time, there is no peace. 
pieces removed from the earth. Here's the second thing I want you to see about this extreme violence. Humanity will be marked by and suffer extreme violence. You know, I, I want you to think for a moment. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm 57. I'm going to be 58 in February. And, you know, I, I grew up in a military home, so um, the reality of violence is real and, and, and so forth. But I don't remember times like even what we live in right now. I, I, I don't remember that. I, I mean, I even had a father who died, somebody had taken his life. So I understand violence. But we live in a different time, okay? So it just seems like more one extreme thing after another is happening. We're seeing it on the news, and we're just bothered by it. I, I mean, we're bothered, aren't we? Because these aren't our normal times. But, I'm, but it's, it's infrequent. But we're talking about in that time of judgment, it's just going to be it. Violence everywhere. People reacting everywhere. And it's going to be a time in which we have to suffer it. It's going to be, it's going to be a terrible time. It's hard enough right now, and we're not even in it. But when we get to that time, that's it. Violence. Here's, here's the third one. I call it total economic collapse. The rider in the black horse. Look with me at verse 5 and 6. And, and consider what he's saying here, okay? When he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come, and I looked, and behold, a black horse. And the, and the rider had a pair of scales in his hand. So it'd be kind of like scales for, mer for buying stuff. Okay? So just so you want you to understand, he doesn't have your weight scale in your bathroom in his hand. He's got a pair of scales from which he, he does business. So business scales in his hand. Okay? And I heard a voice which se seemed to be a voice. And then I heard heard what seemed to be a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a denarius, three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not harm the oil and wine. What's going on here, George? Well, a quart of wheat. So think about a quart jar filled with wheat for a denarius. Now, a denarius was their form of currency in that time. It was a day's wage. So think about a quart of wheat and it costs your whole day's wage. Three quarts of barley. Who would buy that, George? Well, folks do, okay? For a day's wage. What's going on here, George? Well, here's what it is. Total economic. The world economy will collapse. You realize we're already becoming interdependent of each other right now. Do you understand that? I mean, the stuff you buy, you think it's from America. It ain't from America. Okay? So, I mean, I remember... I remember 1989, I spent a summer in Kenya, East Africa, 
working with some missionaries there, and we were working in this one little town, and they had a clothing factory there. And, uh, and, and the clothing factory produced clothes. And I said, where are those clothes for? They said, oh, it's for the U.S. Oh, really? Who, who are you doing that for? And he named the company. And right now, when I, and this is the mid, late 80s, that company was saying, made in America. And they were putting that right on the pants that they were making in Kenya, East Africa, to come here to sell. So we're all interconnected, Okay. But, here, but that interconnection puts, makes us all vulnerable to the reality that there's going to be a total economic collapse. And what will happen? Here's what it is. Hyperinflation will cause basic goods to be too expensive. That's going to be worldwide. You think inflation's bad now? Yeah, it's bad, but it ain't that bad. I can remember I talking with my grandparents in Germany. When Germany went through the Depression in the 30s, right after the 20s and 30s, right after the First World War, because of the reparations that they owed to the Western powers, there they suffered hyperinflation so that you could take a one-mark note and it would be marked a million marks. And my grandfather told me about how his father would go to work with a knapsack to be paid with whatever the bills were and then go to the bakery to get that day's bread. That's hyperinflation, folks. We're not at that situation right now, okay? But the reality is that's what's going to happen, except it's going to be on a greater scale. Again, we're talking about the judgment time. So it's not just a world where you got this guy that we think is going to bring us hope. It's not just that if the world is marked by this extreme violence and there is no peace. You're going to have the basic thing that everybody relies on, and we all rely on it, right? Our economy and, and, and the need to be able to buy things and, and, and afford to live, and that's removed. That's the time. That's coming. And then there's the fourth rider. The fourth rider is death. Look with me at verse 7 and 8. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, Come. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and its rider's name was Death, and Hades followed him. And they were given authority over the fourth of the earth to kill with a sword, with famine, with pestilence, and with wild beasts of the earth. All right, two things here. Number one, this will be a time where a major portion of humanity dies. You know, I was just thinking back a few months ago. I go to the Y in the morning. And uh, when I go to the Y, I'm listening to my podcast. Usually it's the news of the day. I was listening at that time. That, and it was it's like a two-week period. It was just in a two-week period. At first, there was the earthquake in Morocco. And then where tens of thousands were wiped out because their whole villages collapsed on them. And they built with mud and brick. And, and then a week later, it's the dam that broke in Algeria and tens of thousands were wiped out by water at one time. All of a sudden, 10,000 people are gone. 
And, and I remember, and I remember riding along, and I'm hearing this report, and I'm listening to the to the wailing because they were interviewing people. I had to turn it off because it bothered me so much. And so I, I was trying to wrap my brain around ten thousand people just being wiped out like that, wiped wiped out. Boom. I mean, do you realize Kerwinsville? The population of Kerwinsville is twenty four hundred. Set, set over 7,000 in Clearfield. That'd be like wiping out Kerwinsville and Clearfield together at one time. I, would, I can't even imagine that. Okay, one-fourth of the population of the world? We're not in it right now, folks. I can tell you that right now. We're, we're not, because what's coming is so devastating. So... There will be a major portion of humanity dies. Second thing, death will be commonplace because of what? Disease, violence, and nature. It's going to be commonplace. Famine is starvation. This is the time that's coming. You say, okay, George. All right, I've had enough. Four things I really can't take anymore. You're right, we can't. So we're going to stop there. But here's what I want to get back to. Remember what I told you were the two things that I wanted to accomplish by telling you this? Is I wanted you to understand that we're not in it right now. But I also wanted you to understand what's coming so that it would break your hearts right now. Now, why, why do I need it to break my heart? Because every single one of us has somebody or somebodies around us who don't know Jesus. Who need Jesus. And if they don't know Jesus and they enter into this time, this is what they're facing. And sometimes I think, because I'll, I'll be honest with you, we, we just kind of get used to everything the way it is. I, I, I'm talking about myself, okay? We just kind of get used to people not believing. So that we never talk about Jesus anymore. We're just, oh, well, you know, they don't believe. I want them to come to know Jesus. We, we, we just get used to it. We've got to quit being used to it. Our hearts got to break because we know what's coming. And, and, and here's the thing, folks. This is, this is a seven-year period of judgment. This isn't even describing what hell's like. Where they will ultimately go, right? This isn't even touching on an eternity in damnation. So understand, we're not in it. But my goodness, what's coming? I really don't want anybody to be in that, right? So to God, break our hearts. I know that it needs to come. You need to set things right. But help us to be the witness we need to be right now.
and to pray for our loved ones and for those who are around us who need Jesus. Let's pray.